You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 180, Nifty Ways to Leave Your Blubber. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Oh, I knew that would catch your attention right during this time when so many people are putting on what they call the Freshman 15. And you know what the Freshman 15 is, right? You go off to college, and many of uh, your your youngsters are going off to college now or going off to Zoom meetings, one of the two. Some have opened, some have not. And one of the, the great byproducts of the the uh, the fall going back to school is the freshman fifteen. In other words, they they eat and eat and eat junk, and they gain about fifteen pounds in their in their freshman year. And I'd like to talk to you about nifty ways to leave your blubber. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been doing over the last four to five months now. And I know that uh, that, that people are going to tell you. Uh, that the problem is all inside your head and and that the answer is easy. And if you take it logically, well, I'm here to tell you today I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. And there must be nifty ways to leave your blubber. Hey, show notes. If you want the show notes, which I'm going to be giving you some uh, some scriptures today, but I'm also going to I'm going to give you a, a recipe a little bit later on that has been really helpful in my own life. But if you would like the show notes going forward and for this show, all you have to do is text my name, one complete word, Jeff Cavins, J-E-F-F, Cavins, C-A-V-I-N-S, and you will text uh, my name to 33777, 33777, and we'll put you on the list. We'll make sure that you have the show notes going forward, which which are valuable, as I oftentimes will cite scripture or uh, paragraphs from the catechism or great past leaders, and I want to provide those for you, knowing that there's a good chance you're listening in the car, and I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be responsible for you going off the road because you were trying to write down Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph one. I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. Okay, so let's take a look, shall we? Let's take a look at uh, nifty ways to lose your blubber. And I do know that this is uh, <laughs> this is indeed a personal issue for people. And uh, all you got to do is go to Barnes and Noble, go online, look at any magazine rack at, at your favorite uh, you know food store as you check out, and and you'll know right away that everybody's talking about diets and everybody's talking about ways to lose weight. And the the question is, is there a Christian way to lose weight? Is is there a way for Christians to lose weight uh, by doing certain things or following certain recipes? That's a good question. All I'm going to tell you today is some of the struggles that people have with dieting, uh, but also what happened to me in the last four to five months that was successful, and I'd like to share it with you. Maybe it will be of, of some help. Well, you know, this this freshman 15 that I was mentioning just a moment ago in the opening is, uh, it might not be called the freshman 15 anymore, you know? Uh, we, we may be even... Uh, changing that, we might be calling that something like the Zoom 15. 
because not only are many students going to be on Zoom taking classes or be on something, you know, via via the internet to uh, to help them, but so many people are at work right now at home and they're using Zoom. And boy, isn't it easy to sit on a meeting in your company or your your school or or whatever your friends and and there you you have like a like a, a pilot in the cockpit. You you've got your master control ahead of you and your laptop and to the right you've got a bowl of nuts and to your left you have a bowl of Cheetos and you have Mountain Dew just up there beyond the the screen. You're ready to go for two, three hours now in discussing. I mean sorry, work, work <laughs> And and at the same time, wow, you can just kind of eat away. You couldn't do that when you went into the office, could you? No, you would. Uh, everybody would look at you a little bit, you know, a little bit scant. They would they would, <laughs> they would say, "Why are you coming to the meeting with a bag of Cheetos, well, Joe? Wh- wh- why do you have three Mountain Dews with you? Well, what's with the bag of popcorn there, Larry? No, nobody would have expected you to bring all the food to a meeting, but now." Now you can bring your food to your meeting. In fact, you can even click on Zoom the camera and act like you're you're doing something else for just a minute when the truth of the matter is you just loaded your mouth with a bunch of carbs. And then when you're done chewing, you go back on like, hey, everything's just fine, guys. Everything is just fine. But it's not because in about a month from now, you're going to be five, six pounds ahead of the game and you don't want to be. And that's the problem that we're so, so many of us are facing, right? But here's the good news. There's nifty ways to leave your blubber, but it does have to do with the Lord. Now, I know that uh, the answer to this, I know that the answer to this, this question of gaining weight is not hitting it head on and just simply saying, well, I'm going to pick up a diet and I am going to really, really go after uh, that particular diet. It's very difficult. Usually, uh, people find success when they get their mind off of a particular diet and onto something else that they can be productive at, uh, relationships or uh, uh, some kind of uh, errand or some kind of uh, project that they're involved in that, that takes focus and intentionality rather than laying back and uh, making it so easy to eat at the same time. Imagine it, back to what I was saying a moment ago, you can actually conduct board meetings with a bowl of Captain Crunch. It's, it's maddening, isn't it? It's just too easy. So you can, uh, for example, if you go to visit someone at a hospital, you're doing something productive. Now, I know that's not possible for everybody, but I'm using it as my example. Uh, you go, because I've been to many hospitals and visited many people over the years. If you go to visit a, a loved one in the hospital, uh, if you just sit in the waiting room, now you had good intentions, you're going to visit someone, you're going to do a corporal work of mercy here, but you just sit in the waiting room, well, you're, you're eventually going to go wandering around and looking for what? You're going to look for the Holy Grail. You're going to look for a vending machine, <laughs> yeah, right, where you can get licorice and you can get Cheetos and, and you can get uh, Cheez-Its. Yeah, those are, uh, those are a necessary item right there. And when you're in the room, though, and you are with a loved one and you are talking to them, and you are praying with them, and you're focused on them, you don't think so much about vending machines and snicker bars and uh, potato chips and, and all of that type of thing. 
Well, it's the same with the Lord. If you just try to tough it out and say, I'm just going to resist, 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 it isn't going to be that successful. I'll tell you why. The reason for it is that we only have so many resisting uh, batteries in us. We only have so much resisting power in us. After a while, it wears you out. You know what I mean, right? You get tired of it. You feel like, man, I'm always thinking about this. This is always before me. And I'm seeing billboards and others that are going out to have drinks after their Zoom meeting. And it's just, it's just difficult. It reminds me of something that I, I shared with you uh, a number of months ago or years ago, even now. And it was the uh, Michel Marshmallow Experiment. And I think it was in the 1960s. I'm pretty sure about that. And it was an experiment with marshmallows that was very eye-opening. This doctor uh, who studied children, he took, I think it was probably 20 children, and he put them in a room sitting at desks. And they were probably two, three, four feet apart from each other. Today, of course, it would be six, but they were probably two or three or four feet uh, apart from each other. And he put down in front of each one of them a marshmallow. And uh, the kids, of course, got really excited about that marshmallow and thought, man, you know, you could hear him talking about, I love marshmallows. My, my grandpa and I make s'mores at the cabin and, you know, all kinds of talking. And so the, the, the doctor put the, the marshmallow down in front of every child, and then he put a little bell next to the marshmallow. Now he stood up and he said to the kids, listen, kids, you all like marshmallows, don't you? And they're like, yes, yes, we do, we do. He said, okay, good. Well, you're going to have a chance to eat that marshmallow. But listen to me carefully. I'm going to leave the room for a few minutes. And uh, if you would like two marshmallows, then you don't eat the marshmallow that's in front of you until I return. Wow, the kids got excited at that point. You can imagine. I mean, they were <clears throat> giggling, laughing, and talking to one another. I'm going to have two. I'm going to have two. You wait and see. I'll bet you I do. Well, the guy left the, uh, the room, and those kids started staring at the marshmallow, and they stared and stared and giggled and looked at each other and returned to staring at the marshmallow. And, and then after about two, three minutes a bunch of kids rang the bell and ate their marshmallow. It was about 10 to 15 minutes later, the, the, the teacher comes walking back in the room and uh, the kids are, you know, looking at them and some of them are feeling a little bit sheepish. And then the kids who are really excited and had not eaten their marshmallow, they're starting to yell, I get two, I get two. Now, here's what's interesting. The kids who ate their marshmallow did nothing but stare at the marshmallow the entire time that the teacher was gone. And the children who got two marshmallows, what did they do? They found something else to do. They didn't stare at the marshmallow. They talked to one another. They got up and they walked around. They sang a song. They did, they did all kinds of other things other than to stare at the marshmallow. And Michel, his conclusion was that there was so much energy in resisting that they couldn't resist after a while. Now, is that you? Is that something that you go through? That when you decide, you know, after looking in the mirror, man, I need to lose 20 pounds, I need to lose 50 pounds, I need whatever it might be, do you come to that conclusion of here's the diet I'm going to go on and then your, your resisting you know, reservoir is depleted after a week or two because that's all you're doing is thinking about it? 
Well, may I invite you to think about something else and to let losing weight become a byproduct. You know, people say, I'm going to lose weight to look better. I'm going to lose weight to feel better. And I find that those things oftentimes don't really work. But I do think that if we will put our minds and our energy on something else other than eating, and when it comes time to eat, we eat responsibly, the byproduct is you do feel better. The byproduct is you do lose weight, but you did it while you were seeking and serving the Lord. Now, this is what has happened to me over the last four or five months and and I want to help you with it. And I know that, you know, there's this, there's this scripture that says a cord of three cannot easily be broken. And I know that when you do this with someone else and the Lord is there and you've got that help, it's amazing what can happen. Now you say, well, I don't have any help, Jeff. I'm on my own. I live alone and I'm single and I, I can't help it and this and that. I, I just don't buy it. I, I know that we can always find people who will go on an adventure with us in serving the Lord, praying, reading scriptures, and at the same time focusing on eating responsibly and very, 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 very much a a healthy diet. And so when you are tempted, when you feel like nothing is going to work, I want you to remember that all things are possible through Jesus Christ. And I, I hope that, uh, that in, in, in five to ten years from now, people will come up to me and say, do you remember that podcast you spoke about nifty ways to leave your blubber? I say, sure I do. They'll say, that changed my life. I started to focus on other things other than the diet. I started to focus with a friend on the Lord in prayer and in reading Scripture in doing something like a corporal work of mercy. And when we ate, we ate really well. And wouldn't you know it, the pounds came off. And so you don't have to uh, rely on those old things, you know, when, uh, when you're tempted with food at the restaurant, you know, you just slip out the back jack, make a new plan, stand. Don't mean to be coy, just get yourself free. Well, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you about what I have been doing over the last four to five months, which has resulted, and I normally wouldn't talk about it, but I just feel like, wow, I want to share this with people because I did not do this through willpower. Just I changed the game up a little bit with my wife in our relationship with the Lord, but I lost going on 35 pounds during COVID-19. And yes, I feel better. And Emily says, I look better. And more importantly, my relationship with the Lord is just like at a brand new, renewed place. And wow. And I'm going to talk to you about how I did it. And I'm going to share with you a, a recipe. That's right. On this show, I'm going to share with you a recipe. And I'm going to give you some pictures of some of the meals that I have been eating. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. You know, I have dedicated my life to teaching the Bible and helping people understand the Bible as a narrative in chronological order. Well, this fall, starting Wednesday, mark it down, Wednesday, September 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'll be hosting a live virtual Bible study, eight interactive Facebook Live video sessions. I will personally guide you through one of the most popular Great Adventure Bible studies, Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible. 
To get the most out of each live session, get your copy of the Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible physical workbook. I'll tell you how to do that in a moment. And when you purchase your copy of the workbook, you'll also get immediate access to the eight pre-recorded video sessions to watch before each live session starting September 16th. During each live session, we will pray together and we're going to go deeper into what I cover in the study videos and we're going to do a Q&A and more. Now here's what you do if you want to be a part of this exciting Bible study opportunity. And by the way, it's a great opportunity to invite others to Bible study. Even if they're not part of the Catholic Church, this is an amazing opportunity to understand the Bible as a whole. Now here's what you do. Text UM be live. That's all one word. U M B live to 33777. It's an easy number to text to 33777 and we'll send you an email update about the event as it gets closer. You'll also get a link to get your workbook. Listeners of the Jeff Caven show get an exclusive discount. Use the code Jeff Cavins Podcast, all one word, Jeff Cavins Podcast, at checkout, and you'll get $5 off your workbook. So it's very easy. Step one, buy your workbook, and uh, you'll get the timeline chart. You'll get video access to Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible. Step two, watch the first video of the study at ascensionpress.thinkific.com. I'll put this in the show notes in step three. Tune into the first Facebook Live on September 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to pray and to dive deeper and to ask your questions. This is going to be a great opportunity. I look forward to seeing you September 16th. Ah, it's good. Good to be with you, and it's good to be serving the Lord these days. I do know it's difficult with what we're going through at work and finances and our children and going back to school and all of that. And on top of it, being a few pounds overweight doesn't make it any better, does it? It kind of complicates things, and and uh, we're going to talk about that. You know, over the last four or five months, Emily and I have completely changed up our game, so to speak, as far as our eating goes, and I'm going to share that with you. But you know what's really interesting is what I'm going to share with you. Let me tell you what the top responses are, the three top responses. When people look at me right now, and, and this happens almost daily if I'm meeting with someone, they'll say, they'll look at me and they'll say, hey, uh, you've lost weight, haven't you? And I'll say, uh, yeah, yeah, I have 30, 35 pounds. And they'll say, wow, how did you do it? Well, I just spend a minute or two telling them basically how I, I did it. Here's the, here's the top three responses. Number one, well, <laughs> I can't go without my cheese. Yeah, that's, that's the number one response. I can't go without my cheese. Now think about that. I can't go without certain styles of animal fat. Seriously? Okay. Next person, please. Let's talk. <laughs> I can't go without my cheese. Number two, what are you doing for protein? That's the second one. I don't have any problem with protein. Went to the doctor. He said, you are doing phenomenal in the area of protein. Number three, I'm happy for you, Jeff. <laughs> That's the third one. When I tell someone what I've been doing, I get those responses. I can't go without my cheese. What are you going to do for protein? Well, Jeff, I'm really, I'm really happy for you. 
Well, here it is. The, the, the truth is we need to focus on, on better health and, and responsibility, not just the way you look and the way that you feel. And so the focus is not on the way you look. The focus is not on the way you feel. Uh, that isn't the big focus in life. Jesus Christ is the big focus. Our, our relationship with God is the big focus. Now that comes, that, that comes this, this looking good and feeling good, that comes with it. But there must be something tied to serving the Lord. Otherwise, you're staring at marshmallows, my friend. You're taking care, listen, you're taking care of the temple of God. Paul said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about it for a moment. Have you ever been to uh, a temple? Sometimes I drive by, you know, in these cities, and I'll see the big Mormon temples, those white buildings, you know, with the spire and uh, man, they're pretty, aren't they? They're really something to look at, and they really they do take care of them. After all, they call it a temple. We're in a disagreement theologically, but uh, nice-looking buildings, yay. Uh, and, and we are called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not just we, but your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, they tell us in, in history that, that the Temple of Solomon was one of the great wonders of the world, absolutely spectacular, gold reflections from miles away. People talked about it around the world. It, there just was a lot put into it. And because there was a lot put into it, there was a lot to maintain it. You see, it's the temple of God. That's where God's presence dwells. And so much went into the construction of the temple, not only Solomon's temple, but Zerubbabel's temple after the return from Babylon and Herod's refurbishing of the temple right before Jesus. And the people who worked in the temple went to painstaking lengths to make sure that the temple was in top shape. After all, it's the dwelling of God right? It's the dwelling of God. Now, imagine if the Lord asked you to take care of the temple back in the Bible days, if the Lord asked you to take care of the Bible and, uh, you know, the temple in the Bible days, would you start wailing and, well, I don't know, I really can't work without my Cheetos. <laughs> you know what would go on if you came and you, and you brought a snack box to the temple and said, I just can't do this without some type of extra, you know, entertainment here for my body. After all, my body is uh, an amusement park. You know, when I, I say that jokingly, but you know what the truth of the matter is? A lot of us treat our bodies as amusement parks rather than temples. And as an amusement park, you can put anything in there that is fun rather than a temple, which what you put in there is holy, it is separate, distinct, it has a purpose. You need to change your relationship with food. Why? Because I'm against Cheetos and, and all these other... No, change your relationship with food because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul said this, I'll put it in the notes for you. So, what did I do to lose 35 pounds? Well, what did I do to lose 35 pounds? I did something about my relationship with the Lord. That's what I did. I did something about my relationship with the Lord. Wait, Jeff, wait. Hold on there just a minute. Don't you teach the Bible? Don't you speak around the... Weren't you on EWT? You did that morning show with Relevant... Yeah, well, what do you mean you you changed you know your your relationship with the Lord? Wasn't it like top notch most of the time? Well, let me answer that. 
yeah, I, I guess. I'm, I mean, I, I'm like everybody else where I'm trying, you know, to serve the Lord, and you go through the ups and downs of it's exciting, it's not, it's uh, uh, it's convenient, it's not, it's hard work. Thing, and then on the other side, things seem to be going very, very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm like everybody else. And and uh, to be honest with you, over the last, I would say, four or five years, I started slacking off in terms of being responsible for what I was eating, and it was just too easy to eat on airplanes, eat in hotels, eat whatever people fed me if we went out to eat. I was being nice, of course. That's my excuse. But, um, you know, I, I, I just started eating more snacks and things. And, and Emily even said to me a few times, she said, you know, you're gaining a little bit of weight. And I said, well, it's five pounds. I mean, I carry it well, <laughs> right? Isn't that what we want to hear? Well, Jeff, you really should lose 20 pounds. But I've got to say, you carry it well. Well, after a while, you know, you can, you, others can say you carry it well, but you know who you are, don't you? So anyway, I started to think, man, I, I, I need to lose some weight here. I don't feel like I used to. I feel kind of sluggish and tired. And again, I know what those diets mean, and I know how hard it is to stare at, to stare at uh, marshmallows, you know, and try to, try to resist. So I ended up changing my relationship with food. Right as COVID-19 broke out, Emily and I were talking, and I, I said, you know, I, I want to pray, and I don't know how long this is going to go, this COVID-19, this lockdown. I don't know how long it's going to go, whether it's a month, two months, four, five, six months, year. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, my friend, I'll tell you what my biggest fear was. My biggest fear was that I would be the same when it's done as I was at the beginning. That's spiritually, my marriage, my relationship with my kids, my grandkids, and yes, my weight. And so I set out to do something a little bit different. I told Emily, I said, you know what we need to do? And she was concurring and she was in agreement. In fact, she was the one who initially brought it up. She said, why don't we go on some kind of cleansing, cleansing routine where we can juice and, and cleanse for, if you're just, for just a while and, uh, and kind of kickstart ourselves into eating very healthy. Now, I, I ended up watching this documentary. It's, oh, what is the name of that? Now, it's, it's called Sick, Tired, and Nearly Dead, I think it is. No, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. That's what it is. Look it up. I'll, I'll look it up for you, too. Sick, Fat, and Nearly Dead. And it's about a guy who was sick, fat, <laughs> and nearly dead. And he started to just go at it by giving himself whole plant-based diet that was advocated by the very famous Dr. Dr. Esselton, great doctor, a heart doctor, who, who he says, well, we should really be eating plant-based diets. Basically, you know what it is? It's the Daniel diet. Read the book of Daniel. When Daniel was taken captive in Babylon, they tried to give him all the regular food that everybody was eating, and he said, no thanks, uh-uh, not going to do it. I want vegetables. And that's what he ate. And you know what? Do you know what Nebuchadnezzar noticed? He noticed that Daniel looked better than anyone, and he felt better. He was fit, and he just ate right. That was it. He just ate right. So what we did is we said, okay, well, let's do this. Let's juice. So we got our old juicer out, and, uh, and I'll give you this recipe. We had one cucumber, five stalks of celery, one lemon, uh, two green apples, three-inch piece of ginger, and seven stalks of kale. 
<laughs> Doesn't that sound good? Do that in your next business meeting. And so we took it and we uh, put it in the juicer and it made about, I don't know, two glasses each. And we uh, drank that down and we did that three times a day for, we did that for nearly two weeks. And I just saw almost like 10 pounds just drop. And I started feeling better. And Emily says, I looked better. And then that, that moved into, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to do the juicing thing forever and ever. And I don't think Daniel would want to. He, after all, he just, he ate phenomenal vegetables, you know, and fruit and all these good things. So then we, we transitioned into a plant-based diet for the last four to five months. And I lost 35 pounds. But this isn't what the show is really about. It's, about. it's about our relationship with the Lord. I didn't just juice. Oh, you're saying, because you were writing that down. I know you were. You were writing that stuff down. That wasn't the key. The juice recipe wasn't the key. The key was that we substituted food like this with a relationship with the Lord. We began, let me put it this way, we began to read Scripture and pray more instead of eating big meals. That's what happened. Instead of sitting down and eating these great big meals or picking something up on the way home, we decided that we would juice and that we would read Scripture and pray and talk with each other instead. And so this time actually became a time of looking forward to being with each other. Again, do it with someone else. If you're not married, you can find a friend, say, let's go on this together. Let's do this nifty ways to leave our blubber. And so we did that, and then we transitioned into tremendous recipes. We started to eat tremendous recipes. In fact, in my iPhone, when I take a picture, there's a certain folder that is called Emily's Pandemic Menu. I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding? I'm going to send it. I'm going to put it in the show notes. I've got a, I've got a picture of a, of a thumbnail picture of about 25 of the meals. And I'm going to give it to you in the show notes, okay? I'm going to give it to you in the show notes. Again, if you want the show notes, it's Jeff Cavins at 33777. That's one word, Jeff Cavins. You'll get all the pictures. They're fantastic. And it's been all, all whole foods, fruits and, fruits and vegetables and grains, legumes. How do you get your protein, Jeff? Legumes. I started in on this, and after about two months, I had a doctor's appointment, and they did about seven panels of blood on me, checked everything out except my memory. And they, the doctor uh, brought, brought me back together with him, and you know what he said? He said, your, your blood work is phenomenal. Everything is phenomenal. That wasn't the case before. In fact, in fact, he said, um, you know, before I was on some uh, high blood pressure medication, I wasn't really, I wasn't really uh, suffering from high blood pressure. I was kind of on the border, so they just wanted to watch it, you know, because of my family history. And, well, there was a couple other things, too. And, and he said, you don't even need to take those anymore. Because I told him, I said, doctor, I'm getting really dizzy. And he said, he looked at my blood pressure and he said, Jeff, you've got low blood pressure now. Stop taking that medication. This is consistent with people who eat really well. Again, it's not about the diet. It's about Jesus. We sought Jesus. And he became more than we could ever dream of. And the scripture came alive for us that Moses spoke of. He said, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right now, I'm, I'm even thinking, I'm thinking, you know, that maybe be your thinking. Yeah, 
Man, Jeff, I was really hoping for something like that South Beach thing. I was really hoping for something like the carnivore diet. I thought that's what you were going to talk about. Uh, well, maybe there'll be another good show next week. No. Listen, if I told you that for the next two months, if you sought the Lord in prayer and read scripture in place of eating junk, and that the result would be that you would feel better and you would look better, would you do it? If the doctor gave you a pill that was consistent with what I'm saying right here, would you take it? Yes, you would, because the doctor gave it to you. But if someone says, seek the Lord, read scripture, and eat very well, would you do it? Well, Jeff, you know, there's that cheese thing. No, come on, come on. Don't do that to yourself. Your life is more than cheese. Your family's more than Cheetos and Cheez-Its. It's time for us to get serious about seeking the Lord. Do you know the number one sin in the Bible, the most consistent sin mentioned, is gluttony? When you look at the body of Christ today, you'd wonder what in the world is going on. I want to challenge you in a beautiful, loving, fraternal way to seek God, read his word, get a Bible that you can underline, favorite scriptures, set a time sometime during the day, do Lexio Divina, keep a notebook, write down your your journey with the Lord. Find someone that will do this with you and eat well for the next month. Eat well for the next month and see what happens and how your your life can be transformed during this, this amazing time afforded to us right now. If you feel better and if you look better, my guess is that you're going to live better and that you are going to have less energy on your looks and your energy level and more on what Jesus has truly called you to. And that is to be a disciple, to be a witness of Jesus throughout the world, to walk in power and to walk in his authority. Is that what you really desire? If it is, take me up on the challenge. So I encourage you, hop on the bus, Gus, get home to eat right and pray and seek God. My friend, I love you, and I want to pray for you today, and I also want to remind you that if you would like to get that free PDF on how much time it takes to read each book of the Bible, just go to my website, jeffcavins.com, and you can get it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I lift up to you, my friends, today, and Lord, I ask you to give them a real dose of encouragement a dose of, of optimistic joy that, that they too can, they can seek you with all their heart and pray and read scripture and put you first during this pandemic. Lord, I pray that you'll give them the fortitude to, to eat right and to treat their body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friends right now in your name. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you. Pray for me. Look forward to seeing you next week, minus probably three pounds. 